In September 2019, a small publishing house created a Kickstarter to get issue one of a new all-ages sci-fi magazine made. Now, six months later and three issues released, they're back and asking you once again to help support this adventure. Go to Kickstarter today and pledge on The Spark, the all-ages sci-fi comic magazine. Get issues one to four now and pre-order issues five to eight today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your hosts, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadakat, and Tom Stewart. Yeah. I'm going to play with the view again. Speaker view. Let's see. Look at the back. Oh, there we go. Teen Titans X-Men. Look at that. Sweet. Funny they stuck Wolverine at the back, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. You think they would the have stuck him on the front, but no. Well, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't quite that. He didn't reach that point of popularity when they make it. Oh, that's a good one. Well. That's a good one to have, Mike. If you like Walter Simonson, yeah, this I is, looked this at. Really good. I looked at some of the still pictures on the internet, like Google Images, and they had they had one where Wolverine and Raven are thinking about each other. And, uh, he knows that she's nervous of him, and she knows he's been through some sort of like immense trauma in his past, so they're very sort of wary of each other. I think yeah, that's an interesting uh-huh. dynamic between the two of them. Oh, it's great! It's, it's art-wise, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's the yes. inks. The inks by uh, Terry oh, nice. are just awesome. <laughs> awesome. Jeez. Jeez, oh. That's some nice. Can. Is that eyes? Yeah, that's the wall. Oh. That's the wall of. What do they call it? Yeah, the wall. Well, all the dead plots go, and all the power goes there. That's what that right. side always wants to get. It has appeared a few times in comics. Um, That's a good double splash page. That's uh, nice. Well, it's really good. It's awesome, and it's the classic liner from the Teen Titans. Um, so yeah, it's really good. Who's really, um... really good. Is there anyone missing from the lineup that you would now sort of associate, or is it just the just the usual? No, I mean you because did, you, get... you didn't have a Gambit or that yet. You didn't have like oh, Gambit like Ro- Rogue. Oh, and the Titans, so they had Starfire, Wonder Girl, Robin, Cyborg, Raven, and Beast Boy, and Kid Flash, hmm. which is. Who they appear on the uh, Teen Titans number one, and the the X Men you go Cyclops, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Wolverine, Kitty Pride, and then Phoenix is already dead, but there's a 
rebirth in this comic. Oh, nice. <laughs> but Phoenix already died. So yeah, it's, a, but it's really good. It's, like, it's a good one. What year was that published, that book? 82. 82, I think. What a year. That's a good year. Yeah, I went to Morocco then. Oh. What was that? Well, that was, that was the Falklands War that year. Mm. Yes. Were you involved oh. in that, Mike? Uh, <laughs> at, at play school, we had to make uh, tanks out of egg cartons and straws to help with the effort. Holy shit. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Bloody hell. I don't think they do that now, but... That's what we did. No, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> I remember that was quite fun painting my egg carton uh, green and black smudges on it. <laughs> oh my god! It's a while ago. <laughs> well, in the eighties, you know. Yeah. Different time, different era. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Cars didn't have seat belts at the back. You didn't no, need a car seat didn't. to put a baby in the car. So uh, a few years afterward. Um, largely thanks to Esther Ramson on That's Life. They, uh, they're the ones that made the, the big change. Oh, bloody Esther Ramson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's life. That's life. Remember the end of every episode, they had a comic scene. So each story with the credits, they had a, a cartoon drawn of that. <laughs> Very mature, Dave. Thank you. We love you. Mature? Mature? You don't come to me for mature. I do. <laughs> you I'm do. very disappointed. <laughs> He's very disappointed. Oh, Dave, you're in, pro- you're in trouble now. <laughs> oh, no. The teacher mm. doesn't like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> teacher? Oh, look, it's changed now. That comic smell, four of four in the call. My my computer's caught up. My Skype's realised what's happening. It's realised it's not three weeks ago. (laughs) That's good. Hello, Dave. Nice. Good to see you. How are you doing today? (laughs) Yeah, caught up, yeah. Have you been busy? You were saying you were busy. I'm putting together my next comic. I'm in the production phase. I'm formatting all the pages, putting them into files for the printer. So that's pretty... What's the word? I mean, it's like there's eight stages to every bit, you know. Resize this, do that, change it to this, stick it in there, do that, blah, blah, blah. And if you get any one wrong, it all goes wrong, you know. And I've just got to do that 72 times. Yeah, but good, you know. It's just it's just another part of the process. So I've put this week aside to get that done. So I'm about thirty odd pages in of seventy two. So it's getting there. How how long would that take you normally? If you didn't have a lockdown behind you? Uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks maybe. I just spend right. all my time doing it. Have um have any of you had a wee bit of retail therapy in the past week or two? Yeah, I have. Yes. I'm still, still waiting on it arriving. Me too. I, I was inspired to... I had three issues of the 1970s Warlock 
to get to complete the series. Mm. It was the earlier uh, Gil Kane ones. Ah, the Gil Kane. Yeah. That's Gil Kane. That's starting. So I ordered the three of them, and they came. So I've got that whole issue one to fifteen. Wow. So I just sat and uh, rubbed my tummy <laughs> and felt good about that. Very good. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nando? What did you get? Well, I got uh, the Space Knight that I was waiting oh. for. They got lost yeah. in the post. They went back to the book, the, the company that I bought them from. They kindly enough sent them back to me. But finally, I got them all. Uh, so I read them all those. I enjoyed that very much. And the yeah. Hulk ones that I show you as well, the two with the UFOs. Nice. So that was a really good. So that was a good about 15, 20 comics by Bill Manlo and Sal Buscema. Mm-hmm. So yeah. really nice. Really nice, actually. So I enjoy that very much. Very nostalgic, you know. But, oh, they like comfort food, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And I have a few things uh, coming, but they haven't arrived there. One of them mm. is coming actually from Spain, and it's Torpedo. Oh, uh, 1936, uh, Jordi Bernet mm. uh, and the the writer, and it has, I think, if I'm correct, there's some Alex Thoth in there as well. Mm. It's a massive, massive volume, and it has nice. the complete the complete Torpedo, 1936. Um, so it's Sweet. coming from Spain. So should arrive in the next week or two, hopefully. And I have on its way the last volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Nice. The last one. Um, Sweet. I bought it from Forbidden Planet. Um, have you Amazon, read that yet? No. Amazon didn't have it. There was no available in Amazon. And in eBay, it was right. more expensive. It was the, that was the best place and price to get it. Mm. So, yeah. So, fifth things coming. That's good. I'm still very good. I'm waiting on a couple of things coming from eBay. Um, I got those Jeffrey Brown ones that you saw yeah. in the, the photos. Those are um, quite nice collection. Yeah, I've got um, I've got a couple of his other ones coming. Um, and I showed Dave yesterday, but I got a CD from James Kachalka. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, so he's he's got 25 tracks of music it's got a bonus DVD with it um, and on the inside cover it comes out to a comic oh, <laughs> so it's really good uh, and it's full colour as well it's lovely nice, nice. little colour comic so yeah um so yeah, I got a couple of things coming in that respect, and <clears throat> I got Street Angel uh, oh. versus versus Ninja Tech by Jim Rugg and Brian Maruka. Mm-hmm. But really nice visuals on the inside. I think I think Jim Rugg seems to be pretty heavily influenced by uh, Jamie Hewlett by the looks of things. It looks very sort of 
Tank Girl-esque. Yeah, I oh, think he said as much. Yeah. yeah. It certainly looks like it. I, I know he's, he, he mentions quite a lot on the, the Kayfabe channel. But, um, yeah. But uh, you can you can see it, you can see it in the in the work. You know what I mean? It's a nice, it's a it's a hefty book. When I saw the pictures, I thought it was just going to be a wee thing, and it's it's huge. Um, I think it's about A three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice. It's like a proper like European annual size hardback. Very good. Just a wee bit slightly bigger. But yeah, it's good. Mm. Two seen this for showing um, stuff. Oh, so for. sorry. You've you actually frozen say, on me. Oh, have I? Oh, that's all right. Yeah, um, so that's not... I'll just, be, I'll just be two seconds. I'm just nipping downstairs. I'll be right back. All right, I'll just show my warlocks then. <laughs> While we're at it, yeah? Yes, yes. You can see them, yeah? Look so at there's that. the power yeah. of warlock. Number one. Yeah. Fantastic. Kill Kane. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is more of a completist sort of thing. It was the Jim Starlin stuff I really fell for. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't start till issue nine though. So I'd picked up a few of the earlier ones, and they might not be my favourite. But you know, Gilkey artwork and everything—you can't go wrong. They look great. Nice, eh? Very nice, nice cover. Number seven. They've got that alternative version of Doctor Doctor Earth. Oh, wow. And back to the start again. There you go. And they're all in those new bags. Remember I told you? Uh, Ooh! A bunch of new bags. Nice. Shiny, clear bags. Yeah. (laughs) Nice and shiny. I'd held off doing it, spending money on bags for, for decades, to be honest. But then I thought, these have been in the same bags since the mid-1980s, you know, <laughs> a lot of them. They could really do with getting changed. So there you have it. Did you uh, did you go bin diving to go get the old ones out and get the, the paperbacks in them? Uh, bin diving? You been in my house? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of paperback books in in the bags now, so you know it's good fun. Nice. Yeah, cool. Mike, you had the uh, you had the buying urge. Um, I've only had one comic related thing in the past couple of months, and uh, that was the uh, soundtrack to uh, Gundam Wing. Oh, nice. Um, interestingly, it came from uh, the USA, and I think that may have something to do with the fact that the series was far more popular in America than what it was in uh, in Japan. Yeah. But it's, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a really good series. If you remember the uh, cartoon series and you remember the uh, orchestra music that was um, in the background, some of it pretty high octane as well. Uh, there's only two actual singing songs, both of them in uh, in uh, Japanese, and most of it's uh, most of it's just the music, and it's uh, it's very good to listen to when you're drawing away. So uh, mm. I do recommend it. You'll certainly be uh, blasting through some pages if you're listening to Gundam Wing music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I 
won't listen to it when I'm driving, just in case it has that sort of deep uh, <laughs> force effect to it. Oh, you'll be coming over here when uh, when we're able to get the meetings on again. I'll be like, right, shove gun down winger, and I'll see you in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of speaking of G Force, I have the soundtrack to uh, Battle of the Planets and Gacha Man. That's an interesting one because uh, I got that years ago. One CD is the Hanna and Barbera Orchestra, and the other CD is the original Japanese score. It's, uh, it's another one where some of the sounds you probably don't want to be driving when you're listening to them because your car might take off. <laughs> Brilliant. That theme is burned into my mind from decades ago on TV, you know. I can hear it right now. That's the way it goes, isn't it? Is that a dare to play it? I just sung it, so... That's it. It was the best rendition. So... Weird and surreal comics. Yeah. Surreal. Who the topic? <laughs> I know. We're meant Tom, to... Wasn't it? Yeah, it was me. We're, we were meant to do this a while back, um, but I think we changed it for some reason. I can't remember why. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to see some weird comics. I was... Uh, I was watching The Illumination of Jim Woodring the other day and uh, I kind of I'd, I'd been kind of thinking about oh we should do we should do surreal and weird comics when I'd, I'd first kind of heard that it, that documentary exist existed sorry and uh, yeah just kind of got a propensity to see what was lurking in your guys collections that you would class as quite strange and a bit out there and a bit surrealist and and considering, I mean, Jim Woodring himself is pretty <coughs> surrealist art per se, not just comics, but um, I just kind of wanted to see what everybody had lurking that they would mm-hmm. class as a bit of a, a strange one. To be honest, I had to think a lot what I was going to put in in this <laughs> Um, and it's, I don't have lots of surreal or weird comics, I think. Um, but looking back and looking through the shelves, well, there's a few things that either the art or the fame or the story it gets surreal weird. And there are certain writers and there are certain artists that, that have that propensity, that, that, that sort of style. Uh, and they are famous for it. And also, yeah. I write down a list of some uh, books that I've read. I don't know them, but I read them, and I found them. You know, they were weird, or they were surreal. Or, or I found them in that way anyway. They might yeah. not be. They might just be. You know, that's all fine. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, who wants to go first? Or will I go first? I'll go first if you want. Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah. Yeah, why not? All right. I I tried to go with surreal because I thought weird was too. You know, anything can be weird, eh? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Normal. What's weird? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like Spider Man's pretty weird, is he? You know. 
well, it's sticking weird. that mask on, yeah. Crawl it up yeah. the wall. Anyway, you know that. It's all, it's all subjective. So, trying to think of stuff that was surreal. And we did bring this up the last time we talked. I was talking about George Herriman with Crazy Cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first thing that came to mind again to dig out some of that. And this is uh, the Sundays, one of the Sundays collections. So I'll try and show you some of it. I don't know if you can see that at all. This, these are all black and white in this collection. And again, it's all the changing landscapes in the background, the change in characters, the language, which is quite doesn't work if you read it out loud. You have to read it in your head. I said all this the last time. Yeah. But that's a that's a good collection of the of the Sundays. And the the book itself was designed by Chris Ware, I think. That's what it looks like. Yeah, Chris Ware designed these these books. Oh nice. Um and then I dug out the raw the raw issue which was where they've got the Tiger Tea, which was a, an ongoing... Like, it's the closest Crazy Cat comes to a longer story. And uh, it's all collected in this book. And it's something like, I don't know... Uh, actually, I'll check. Yeah, 30... It's a 32-page complete story of Crazy Cat. And uh, it really it grabbed me. This is what sold Crazy Cat to me. This I've seen Tiger T in its own little book as well, a Crazy Cat book, more recently. As I was looking through Raw, actually, I mean, anybody that's read Raw, just about any page in this could be in our weird <laughs> or surreal category, you know? So if you can get a hold of these Raw books, the last three are a bit cheaper. I think Penguin Penguin was putting them out and they're all top quality stuff the earlier ones are really difficult to get hold of yeah um, next I've got your man that you mentioned Jim Woodring nice because <laughs> I, I immediately thought of him with surreal characters surreal surreal landscapes you know, yeah. Don't know. I'm hoping you can make any of this out on the screen slightly. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, these are these are terrific, and a lot of it is wordless. You know, the little character Frank, yeah. the, the pig, the pig man that's in it. It's always getting treated horribly, and he, and he's he's always coming across statues and. I mean, look at that. That's pretty surreal. Look at that page. Trippy. Quite trippy. Yeah. yeah. I love Jim Woodring's stuff. And, you know, he's done some more mainstream stuff as well. He, he does writing. He, he wrote a good few Star Wars comics for Dark Horse. Did he? Yeah, he wrote a Jabba the Hutt series. There was about four or five issues, and it was all about Jabba the Hutt being the main character in it. He was kind of the hero. 
Wow. And he's and he's got and he did a good one with Star Wars Tales, Nando, yeah. Was that? Yeah, that, was in, that's what I thought, yeah. Uh, and there was also a Jabba the Hutt uh, kind of series of one-shots. Okay, next I've got Charles Burns. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had that in my list of the ones I read. Nice. Crossed out. Because his character is quite surreal. It's quite frightening. Yeah. Yes. Great with colours. And this is kind of mixing up the hair style yes. with the horror. Uh, and really trippy. Quite, It's got that claustrophobia that, that we know from Black Hole as well. Another. Yeah. So that's it. Charles Burns, another great. I'd say he is surreal weird. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's good. Gary Panter. Don't know how, how many of you guys know Gary Panter. Jimbo. Jimbo Comics. Jimbo. And this is actually published. This is from Matt Groening's. You know, he did Bongo Comics. Yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. He also did an offshoot of that Zongo Comics, and it was a lot of his favourite <clears throat> cartoonists. And it, so it was like Gary Panter, Mary Fleener, different characters. Um, and this is, is really... That, is that anything to do with Jimbo Jones, the Simpsons character? I don't think so. No, no. I mean, unless that, unless that's some kind of homage to this Jimbo. Uh, because, because Matt Groening admires the Gary Panter stuff. And th- this... I think the real thing of surreal art and as you kind of look at it and you go, what? You know? And all these questions like, is that art? <laughs> is, that, is that good? Is that bad? Is that What is that? And I found with Gary Panter, it was another one of those, a little bit like George Herriman, you're reading it going, well, and then just all of a sudden you go, I love this. It clicks yeah. in your head and suddenly you can't, you can't get enough of it. And that's definitely what I find with Gary. I could never explain to you why I like Gary Panter. It's it's no like Al Williamson or or someone. You, you obviously look at it. Oh, look how well drawn that is. That's great. This is art to me. In another sense that I can't quite put my fingers on. It's kind of it's funny, and it's got a lot of truth in it to me. It just rings true. Unfortunately, when you start talking like this, you get a wee bit wanky. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a bit wanky. But what Sorry can I tell you? Turn your camera off when you're doing it. So Jimbo series uh, is really excellent, and also he's got one there, uh, Dal Tokyo. That's that's a big hardback collection. That one's great. So Gary Panter, I recommend him. Try them out. Now, I've also got... Uh, you know, I thought of Jeffrey Darrow. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you think he's surreal or not, but this is yeah, Charlton yeah. Cowboy. The hyper-detail... Yes. 
violence scenes that are surreal. There's, there is something there. Yeah, I agree with you. There, there is, one. yeah. And yeah, he's also yeah, got a fondness for, uh, like, because here's a lizard walking about and it's talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, likes talking he likes well, talking well, animals. Yeah. Don't we all? This, this series was, um, you always had, like, one, there's the, the donkey talks as well. The cowboy's going about. But you'd have, like, one scene, like, he meets this big group of people. <clears throat> And they're like, you know, they're kind of like, put your hands up, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna rob them and all that. And then you just, and there's like, so there's about 20 of them, and you turn the page, you know, right, there's another 50 of them, hmm. you know, and it just keeps, the the whole comic ends up being like one panel. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one, and there, and there was one where there were so many people and there was, uh, I mean, I'm exaggerating there, but later on, there was actually an issue where something like that happened, and you got to the whole issue and went, that had all been that one panel, or all these people. And I thought, oh, my God, he's he's got a lot of guts doing that. That was great. You know, and I left it and then got the next one a month or two later, you know, and it opened up, and the panel continued again. <laughs> I, me- I, remember sitting, I remember sitting two months later and it was, again, more. And I was like, wow, this, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so I really admired that uh, series. And it's dead violent, isn't it? Usually yes. I'm, not that, I'm not usually that turned on by violent things. But when they do it so over the top, I go, okay, I'm with you. You know? The, the bit where he gets the chainsaw on a on a yeah. bit of rope and he starts swinging it around and he, and he's killing all these zombie guys. I mean it's so ridiculous. It's unreal. <laughs> and at the at, at the end he's beat up all those hundreds of people and then you just hear it's time to put an end to this and it's this giant crab that's going <laughs> to fight him. So I think that's quite surreal. Yes. Yes. Jeff Darrow. Yeah. All right. Now I had to I had to mention this. You might recognise this. To me, this is surreal. The strange worlds of Doctor Strange. All those Yay. different all those dimensions and <laughs> Steve Ditko. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> so that this yeah, was a strange tales. Nice. To me, that's what I thought. I mean, yes. that's a, one of the great things with Ditko's Doctor Strange. All these incredible characters and, and other planets, other realities. Yeah. Last Christmas, I got that. Yeah, here we go. Nice. Jeez. Now, what is, what is that? Is that the collection? Yeah, that's the... The one that oh, they did. Oh, wow, look at that. They did a, a collection with some of the, well, the, the most famous Dick Award for Marvel. So they put that, they put some strange tales, they put some Spider Man, and they also yeah. have some short, amazing fantasy stories. Oh, I don't watch it, yeah. Again. Oh, yeah, good, good. <clears throat> Love that. Um, there's another ooh, one. Ooh. Yeah, there. Uh, I like that it says adult. 
Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> Amazing adult fantasy. Oh, oh, oh. It's got safe pictures in it by any chance. <laughs> Not safe for work. So, I, and even here, even in the next page, it says adult fantasy. Yeah. You know, the first panel. So, yeah. But yeah, Steve Dico, definitely. Doctor Strange is just mental. It was yeah. very psychological at the time. And it's really excellent, though. I got the collection of that. You know, the, those ten pound hardback. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was a Doctor Strange one that was that that whole tale where he's yeah, kind of trapped, mean... and you see him going through all the the dimensions and everything for the whole story. I sat and read all that. That's, that's uh, what that was excellent. Yeah. Okay, that's Ditko. Here is. This is Chester Brown, Ed of the Happy Clown. Oh, no, this is. Uh... Oh, you know this. This is from yeah. Yummy Fur. This is reprints of Yummy Fur, and it's really far out as well. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of dimension hopping and going through different tunnels to get the different realities, and it's really. Strange and quite rude. Uh, Ronald Reagan's face is on one of the character's penis. <laughs> That's that his secret. Like, that sounds like my spitting image book. Yeah, do they do that? <laughs> they have Ronald Reagan flashing it. They have in this, there's a character that's got that, uh, and then there's another character that, that's got like a dimension to other realities up his ass <laughs> <laughs> and as you're reading it there's a certain point where Ronald Reagan has to go to this other dimension <laughs> so that's a good read as well I don't understand no <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you. Th- I'll, I'll let you think about that. Okay, my next right. one I've got is Lu- uh, Louis Trondheim. Sorry, Nando. You you. Uh, no, I was gonna you going to explain that for everybody? So that's Ronald Reagan, and that's the yeah. other dimension. Okay. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah. All right. I so see. it's so it's it's you like a. <laughs> so it's what you're saying is it's like a spaceship, a really long spaceship going into a black yeah. hole. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> just like that's yeah. it. Like that film, the the black hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Went through, yep. Going through the black hole. Yeah. Nice. The blackest of holes. Some trains and tunnels. <laughs> some trains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my next one. I've dug up. Uh, this Louis is Trondheim. Louis Trondheim. Yeah, alien. I'm not sure how you would. I'm not sure how you would pronounce it exactly. It's it's all it's A L I E E E N. Okay. And this is like a little one-off thing, and you can see it's on really glossy paper as well. So, but the artwork, as you would expect, is great. Louis Trondheim, great colours. It's all kind of mostly silent. Well, actually, they're talking in this alien language. So there's some speech balloons, but it's all symbols and things. 
but you can sort of follow it. You just have to pay attention to this sort of comic, you know. And even on the back, it says it says the critics are unanimous. And I don't know if you'll make it out, but it's got all the quotes from the critics, and it's all this alien garbage talk, you know. <laughs> so that that's so that's a great one. Uh, first second, first second, publish that. You know, I'm always scared to look when these things came out because it turns out I've had them for 20 years or something and I thought I bought them last week. I was going to say, there's a couple of ones that you've brought before where you've said first second and I kind of think of first second doing stuff like that so they must be a wee bit older. You know what I mean? Well, well, Maybe this from is when 2006. Were... Oh, jeez. This one. Yeah, so... Actually, that, that Ed the Happy Clown reprint... That was years after that first came out. 2005. This is the new reprints of Ed the Happy Clown. Jeez. 2005. So it was out originally 1983. Yeah, so there you go. Right, guys. I, oh, I was thinking of... <clears throat> I was thinking of uh, artists that have outright picked up surreal sort of imagery from the art world and used it in comics. You know, not doing their own surrealist thing, but using sort of um, imagery. So I was thinking of this Nick Fury Mm -hmm. shield. He did all these covers that were based on art ideas, you know. Like he's got Dali's... Salvador Dali's clocks and, and all the melting things there. And... Oh. Yeah, that's cool. Don't it? Yeah, so there it is, Staranko. Did I say Staranko? Did I mention that or did I? Oh. I don't know. Anyway, it's Staranko. It's Nick Fury. So he did yeah. a bunch of these covers. Um, this is this is in the, the Penguin Book of Comics which yeah. I mentioned to you before was the big comic book to have back then. There's there's a bit more Crazy Cat, which is the first time I saw it in this book. Um, How much Crazy Cat is coloured? I, I don't know if it's just... I don't know. I don't actually know. I would be making someone up if I gave you an answer there. Right, because I would usually, I would usually think it would be the Sundays, but I think that collection I've got is the Sundays, and that's in black and white. Yeah, I can remember seeing a lot of Crazy Cat in colour. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would have to, I would have to read into that. There's the man. There's the man himself, George Herriman. Big photo of him at the start of his own book there. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, sharp dressed man. Mm-hmm. Right, here's my last one. Matotti fires. Can you see that fires? Yeah, Matotti. This is all painted. This was kind of after the late eighties, or or during the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, mainstream publishers discovering, oh, you know, Biff Bang Pow comics aren't just for kids. They thought, hey, there's money in this. Let's publish uh, graphic novels. So they were they were 
getting stuff as anything they could find to let stuff like uh, this matotti uh, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm saying that right but matotti matotti yeah uh, matotti yeah so there's the art style very very colourful yeah and um, I don't know some of the some of the storytelling's a bit I don't. I don't know if it's all that. I think it's selling itself on the art. I would say this. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just my take on it. I don't think the writing was all that sophisticated. Maybe you'd disagree if you if you read it. No, it's uh, not Matotti. Well, what I've seen on Matotti is from like the eighties, eighties, uh-huh. late seventies, eighties. He was really uh, famous in Europe, uh, uh-huh. more for counterculture sort of underground comic style. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, from Italy, so his style was yeah, very much like that. Yeah. Um, well, certainly to me it was, I mean, it was good. I mean, it was new and different. Yes. I think that I mean, when it's... he came out, it was very different to anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, it's impressive, I think, and it's quite yeah. surreal. It's shapes and things like that, and it's like yeah. he's done it all. He's done it all with like charcoal, or it's quite rough. He uses he uses different techniques because I've seen many things in the past, uh-huh. from charcoal to pencils to inks to collage to nice. uh, uh, all, all different types of techniques. So yeah, it's is so it was experimented and. Yeah, it's powerful. He doesn't, doesn't do lots of comics, though. No? No, it, it, I don't think he has a huge production. Although he's a right. artist. He's been doing it for many, many years. But he doesn't have a, like a extensive uh, amount of comics. But he's very mm. well in Europe. Yeah. Well, this edition was published by Penguin again, 1991. And it was originally coming out 1986. So, yeah. so they've they've jumped on, and I notice inside it's got thanks to Art Spiegelman and Francois Mouly. So maybe it's yeah. went through the kind of raw studio. I think a lot of them, when Mouse came out, they were saying, "Oh, he seems to know about this Spiegelman." So a lot of the publishers were asking him, "What should we publish?" Yeah. So he's been. He's done quite a lot behind the scenes to influence them. Right, I've got one more thing. <laughs> Here we go. I need a forklift for this. Oh. But okay. it is kind of, I mean, it is kind of surreal. Oh. <laughs> Can you see that? Yeah. Some of it, yes. <laughs> My gosh. This book, this book is amazing. Is that a Kirby this... one? Yes. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Oh. Kirby. Kirby returns. <laughs> Devil <laughs> this... That's oh, your day. You don't have to go to the gym now. That's your <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but the thing is, Kirby is, I mean, he is surreal, isn't he? Yeah, he is. 
Yes, well, it was the 60s, yes. so... Oh, boy. Right, you guys carry on now. I'm reading this. <laughs> <laughs> it is one hell of a book. It's that. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. You've got, to see it in person. You've got to see it in person to really kind of see sad. the magnitude of it. So, great. Thought I'd finish on that. <laughs> Surreal. Finished on a heavy hitter. Up. Okay. There you go, guys. Mm-hmm. Good. <coughs> Good selection. Right, okay. Um, let's see. Not that I have very much surreal, to be honest, because uh, I expect well, and I was right. Dave, having more knowledge of underground and sort of independent artists, he has more experience and he likes that kind of thing. And you, Tom, you, you do like too. But I'll, I'll bring a few things and, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Uh, so, yes, yeah, well, uh, mention Steve Dicko, particularly the Doctor Strange, which I shown earlier on. And yes, to me, that was a very surreal uh, way, particularly when it does the other dimensions and stuff. Um, and just come with imagination of of doing all that and doing all these kind of battles and fights and portals and everything. It's just the... The mindless ones. Yeah, it's just... uh, Only Ditko, you know, he he could do that sort of style really, really well. That kind of idea really well. Um, And just... Also the incantations and all the graphics for the the magic and how to do that in, in two dimensions in a, in, a, in a cheap comic and he was really good at that definitely he was really good at that uh, if, so, I, if either of you guys fancy that and you've not got it this is the one I got yeah and this this was like nine quid on eBay and oh, it's right. the whole big saga of Steve, uh, Stan Lee Steve Ditko Doctor Strange yeah. And that has a Strange oh. Tales from how many issues? Oh, yeah. Collecting Strange Tales 130 to 146. <laughs> That's so geez. it's like 16, 17 issues. <clears throat> That's a good one. Try to get, definitely. Okay. I'm going to go weird, and, or what I think was surreal or weird. I'm going to go with one of Tom's favourite writers. Why? <laughs> oh, eh, yeah. You know who it one is? <laughs> <laughs> Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I don't know. Maybe you want to put a different name on it. Eh? <laughs> uh, Graham Morrison. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Flex Mentalo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> strange stories. And... Uh, Sometimes it takes it too far and it makes it just too difficult to actually read it, to be honest. Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, <sighs> looking at Surreal, for example, I have here Flex Mentalo with Frank Wigley and the yeah. art. And that's just some of the completely ridiculous sort of things going on um, either drug induced or just uh, 
<laughs> whatever other scene is happening as the, the comics are talking to the main character. And there's many things going on there. But yeah, it, it, the story itself is very strange, very surreal, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. don't know how much is the imagination of the character in the comic, how much is your imagination being played at or whatever. So that's just an example of it, of Grant Morrison and Flex Mentalo. Um, I picked up as well Arkham Asylum, more for the art. Um, I found this book as, as going as well quite scary. Is that, da- is that Dave McKean? Yes. Yeah. Dave McKean. Really scary book. But some of the the pages and you know and what's going on there is just as you read it, you feel uncomfortable. It's strange. It's just scary. You think, what's going on here? And so yeah, that's um, there's a quite quite a lot of surreal stuff. Here we have the Mad Hatter. That's a quite surreal picture for a Batman comic. Um, I think. Yeah. Considering it's a mainstream, so. So that's that. And then also from Gara Morrison, and just that's the last one from Morrison, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Invisibles, uh, the series, again, very surreal stuff. Uh, what's fantasy? What's uh, a past? What's the future? What's happening in all the different, with different artists? Even the covers are, you know, they are surreal itself. So. So I thought, from mainstream, these are certainly they are not your kind of normal comics or something standard, as we'd say. Mm-hmm. And from Marvel, also, uh, which you mentioned here, Dave. Uh, but I thought, no, yeah, I need to mention this as well. This is from the 70s. This is Warlock, Jim uh-huh. Star. You know, Stanley was very, at that time, that was quite graphics and stories going on. And it's just... Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Love it. This guy is quite dickle, isn't it, as well? Yeah, he was experimenting and you get elements of... Yeah, there's a lot of ditko on it, as you were saying. Um, <clears throat> and how, you know... With the magus and the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of popular yeah. culture and new age religion elements and mm-hmm. hippie culture and underground and all in- introduced. But even the the fights and the battles are quite yeah. psychedelic um, and you could say surreal. You know, that was no what you would expect in a Marvel comic, but it's. Yeah, it's a it's a Marvel comic and Marvel published them at that time, and it, it was it was quite successful when it came out. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a good that's a great collection. Uh, you like that's stuff. another one of those collections that you know I've got all the comics, but the book collection looks great. So I'm, yeah, I've I've said this before. You know, I'm sitting going, oh that book, I want that book, it looks great. But then the other half is going, but I've got it all. I'm not you yeah, know a struggle. The, the only thing about the collections. It's not such a problem now, 
But in the past, when digital color were not that good, some mm. of the collection are not that great. This yeah. one is actually good. It's very respectful it's... to the to the original color yeah, wise. And reproduction and even the, the, the type of paper they use is taking mm -hmm. consideration as well. Um, so it's one of those things. Sometimes you have to be careful with the collections. Uh, it's not such a problem you... now. All the editions, yes. Did you read that stuff, Mike? I know Tom did, I think. And... With uh, Adam Warlock in the Thanos, uh, the, the um, Thanos versus the uh, Avengers. Basically, the first half was a combination of uh, Adam Warlock and Captain Marvel trying to suss out yeah. what on earth is going on. And a lot of it came from exactly that uh, storyline with, mm -hmm. with the magic. And you see Adam Warlock going back in his mind trying to find memories as to what's happened. And you see it as a sort of psychedelic picture. You've read newer installments in this with these characters yeah then yeah yeah okay but i have flicked through the um the older one and that is on my my list to get because i want <laughs> oh, yeah. to start from adam warlock at the very beginning to see where he's how he got to that position how on earth did he know thanos how on earth did magi appear so it's like it's like when uh, you know how we mentioned dragon ball z we got Dragon Ball Z first, and you see all these established characters, and we're like, all right, how did they all get there? That's what I'm like with Adam Warlock. I know what he, where he was in the middle of it, but I want to see the beginning. And it does look very surreal. Yeah. And the last one I have, this is a, a Spanish edition I got many years ago. You've seen it, you've seen it, Dave. I brought it to our both few years ago, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Richard Corbin's yeah. mm. uh, Neverwhere, I believe that's how it's called. Um, in Europe, we call it, uh, is, is known as Den. Um, and this is just, I mean, the art is just fantastic. Um, this is just the, this is from the 1970s, 1973 90, to 1978. It took his time to publish, but that's just the inside cover, okay? And then it's a very trippy fantasy sort of world. <laughs> mm. And as if you can appreciate the illustrations here. And... Yeah, it's a space picture with two moons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... I mean, it's just and another the, spacecraft going towards a, a dimension yeah, again. A black space, hole. <laughs> just the colors as well is very very nice. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And the work, you know, that's the character sitting in a <laughs> or the ruins of yeah. a statue there, and <laughs> so yeah, so in this fantasy world. Uh, uh, so yeah, this is just a totally, in a way, it's very, I don't know how to describe it. Jodorowsky, Jodorowsky is another that does yeah. sort of real, sort of a strange and weird 
<laughs> worlds that you think, oh my God, this is not going to work. How is crazy? And then when you see it all together, you, you are fascinated by it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just, this one is one of the comics I have here. So, yeah, this is, I think, it's quite surreal uh, from that point. And it's, I don't think it's that popular. Or I've never heard anyone else, certainly here in the UK, talking about Richard Corbin's Neverwhere. Um, but in the seventies, <laughs> in the nineties, in, in Spain, this was really big. Um, but yeah, I think this might be too much for our market, Nando. You know, it's got naked people in it and stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. that's naked people. Yeah, bums and things like that. It's no, we don't like that. <laughs> I think. Uh... I think the only people I've ever heard actually speaking about it is us. We were speaking yeah. about Richard Corbin and making our way through like all his work and everything. We came out, yeah. we came to Den. I think that's the only time I've really heard anybody mention it, to be honest. Oh yeah, Richard, I think Richard Corbin. I mean, when that was published in the seventies, that was this was considered in Spain this edition. Uh, before I came to to here to the UK, that was really expensive, really hard to get. I bought it for, I think, 50p. Um, mm. Same guy who was selling off the blueberry books. Oh, wow. So with about, I don't know, I think I spent about £15 and I came back home with about nearly 15 books from blueberry, then and a couple <laughs> other things. Because <laughs> uh, he was moving was up. And he said, Look, I'll, I'll just give me 100 pesetas per book. And I thought, yeah, that's fine. Here you go. No <laughs> <laughs> My friend Tony was going, you don't know what you got there. That's just, that's the background of the century. Because he was telling me, oh, get this one and get this one and get this one. Because he knew Blueberry more than me at that time. Uh, it was, well, that was some some shopping I did that day. That was incredible. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that was Richard Corbin. Never were, and then I I wrote down few names and few comics I've read either um, previously or via the uh, Angus libraries, courtesy yeah. of Mr. Robertson. There, uh, he was involved in getting some of these books, um, or some of them were already there. But um, uh, for example, Black Hole by Charles Barnes, I really enjoy that book. Is yeah. weird. Is <laughs> As I was reading it, I, th- I I felt uncomfortable reading the book, but I wanted to more. And that was that sensation. I said, I don't know. This is a strange. I really, really like it, but it's, it's something in the back of the spine. It's just, I don't feel right. But yeah, I do that very much. Black Hole by Charles Barnes. The... Other one that the library already had was a Ghost World by Dan Klaus, and and the other one was a Death Ray, the Death Ray by Dan Klaus as well. I remember that you Dave brought that one, mm-hmm. or you got that one for a Broth library one of the times. Um, and then I wanted to mention Peter Milligan. He has a couple of few. We are a wonderful comics there, and we are a wonderful stories. 
like Shade the Changing Man for DC Comics or uh, Hooligan's Haircut. I think he did that as well. That's another one of his weird and wonderful <laughs> stories, kind of wacky. And the last one I want to mention is, is a, a French artist called Juliet, and he did Lone Sloan, which is a kind of a space fantasy series, um, extremely art deco sort of drawn and decorated. I don't have it here, but truly that's another one that is very much, very surreal style in his illustrations. So truly he, he, he was very much super, it would take ages to do all this stuff and all this kind of extremely decorated little details, all the textures and everything. That's just a page of his albums. And okay, it's a much bigger size, but, you know, just to go on the effort to fill all these freaking gaps and textures and patterns, it's just mental. This was a good one, Nando, or... I don't know if any of you saw this book from the 70s. No. This has got Drouli in it as well. Ah. Yeah. It's got Mobius in it. Corbin, Richard Corbin, Robert Crumb, Frank Bellamy, and there. That, that's that's a great book for me. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I've That's fantastic. <clears throat> Harvey Kurtzman, Barry Windsor Smith. Wally Wood, Victor Moscoso, great book. I think he got it for like 10 quid or something. That's the, that's I'll the look list. Look for the, the Drooly stuff. Because yeah, usually it's always that sort of a style. Certainly in Lone Sloan, he was very much very fantasy, hyper detailed. Yeah. Very trippy. Yeah. Similar, similar to what you showed. Yeah, he's working there with the structures and yeah. This is a great book. I'll bring this along next time we meet up. There's like a double spread. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very much his. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's hard to resist this stuff. It's great. Really impressive. The, the European sci-fi stuff. It's even, it's even got a nice back cover, that book. With mm. use. Yeah. Yeah. Quite good. Reminds me a bit of Heavy Metal. Yeah. yeah. They would have some of this. Heavy Metal was the, the, the American version of Metal mm-hmm. Around, which all these, all these artists published on. Corbin, Drule, uh, Moebius, all of them did the stuff in Metal Land. And then eventually there was an American version, Heavy Metal. Masters of Comic Book Art. Very good. Great book, that one, Dave. That's quite early for a, a nice book like this. Mm. And it's not, you know, it's not begging you to take it seriously or anything. It's just saying, we've got all this great stuff. That's the kind of book you want, you know. 
Yes. It's not trying Something to convince like you. You can discover some yeah. masters of science fiction because all of them, they're, they're certainly they are certainly they are very good in science fiction. Just uh, whilst you you mentioned um, the library quickly there, uh, I just remembered. I was trying to find the picture there uh, of a book that you pointed me to, Nando, um, about strange comics, uh, The Leather Nun and other incredibly strange yeah. comics. Yes. But, yeah. That was one that the library got, yes. Yeah. Uh, but that's the one. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Paul yeah. Gravet, put this well, together. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. yeah. Incredibly Just, strange comics. Yeah. But yeah, that, that book that book was really good actually. Really yeah, good. Yeah, that's that's forgot about that one, yeah. yeah. Kind of relation of weird and wonderful ones. It was just when you mentioned just when you mentioned uh, the library there, I thought, I'm sure I've got something from the library that Nando suggested. Well, you know, from the library, me being me, and Dave always suggesting, you know, there's this and there's that and there's the next thing. And I said, yeah, I'll read them. Just bring it on. I'll, I'll give it a go. Some of them I like more than others, but yeah, I discover many things. And so yeah, that's read more comics. Yeah, yeah. that's what we need to. Absolutely. Happy you am. You mentioned in your list there. You mentioned uh, one of my favourites, um, which was Dan Klaus. Yeah. Um, and I brought I brought Charles Burns up on screen. Let me just bring a uh, a Dan Klaus one up on screen for a second, like a velvet glove cast in iron. <laughs> this wow. is such a weird, strange, surreal comic. Um. Just well, it, even, yeah, even like even the font that's on it as well is quite odd. Like for all the contents and everything, it's just from the get go. There's just like an off feeling about it. I mean, it's a weird like murder mystery type thing throughout it, but there's just strange characters with like crustaceans for eyes and weird potato people and they go to see porn films that aren't quite porn films they're like art house movies and yeah it's just weird I mean look at all this stuff here like window licking and gimp suits and My God. it's just hey, could yeah you, could you go to a party hey. conference could you walk up to the first page when there's a the face of a woman with a I think it's the first page of the actual comic. There. Now, to me, that I, I wonder how he did it. Because you can cover half of the face and then the other half. And it's like either the woman is looking into the reflection of a mirror I don't know if you, if you understand my point of view on this. Like symmetrical? Yes. Well, it's, it's not symmetrical, but if we, no. if we trace a line from when 
the hair splits in two going down eyebrows, nose, mouth. Uh-huh. And it's, you could cover half of the image. And it's like she's looking into a mirror that way, so it reflects the face in the mirror just yeah. on the screen. That's a weird effect. Yeah. I think it's made to resemble a Rorschach picture. You can come up with your own conclusion from our expression. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, yeah. that is just, you know, what these artists like Dan and Klaus and, and, and Charles Barnes, they can do. And they can do something like that. And it's just a panel. And it's just the face of a woman, but that caught my eye. This, uh, yeah. this one, yeah. a bit for, a bit further. Very, the very haunting and piercing. Yeah, it is. Do you know what this this whole comic has? Like, I I always say that um, Dan Klaus has like throughout his his comics when you read them, they've, they've almost got like a weird razorhead David Lynch soundtrack, just like a low hum behind them when you're reading them. But you said that about the striking face. There's another face further into the the comic that is just like look at that forehead. <laughs> He's the leader. What a dick. Just... Yeah, cover him in green. Covering in green. He's the leader. <laughs> but he does that. He does that face. He does that face um, periodically throughout the comic. So here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> he does like he does like the reflection face thing uh, periodically, like one like that, the p- weird potato face. <laughs> and small man. Uh, there's like a character with some hair implants and stuff, and yeah, it's just it's it's a really really strange one. Uh, but I love it. I t- I totally love it. It's there's like a weird there is like a weird murder mystery throughout this one and. But there's, it's also just laced with the oddest things ever, and like there's character. I'm sure if I remember rightly, there's characters like lose limbs and just gain like weird things in their place, and you know there's there's people following folk through windows, and they've got like weird agents and stuff that go after them, and yeah, it's just it's a it's so strange, but I love it, and the artwork's quite odd for. Um, Clouds, I think. If if you look at it compared to his, his sort of other stuff, um, which might add, like say, a uh, David Boring. Uh, <laughs> it's funny I landed on this page. Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but but even but like actually in the artwork, like it just looks. It just looks totally different from that one. I mean, it is still black and white, but there's just there's a cleaner line to David Boring than there is in like a velvet glove. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but both very surreal books. I mean, this is do you know this is kind of they're both got something in common that they're they're like almost like a a murder mystery. And when I'm thinking about it. Quite a lot of his comics are like murder mysteries when I think about it. Patience, uh, Death Ray has like a strange, not a murder mystery, but there is like a mystery element to it. Uh, he he does a lot. He 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 keeps a a, a mysterious thread going throughout his comics, and then just laces them with these weird oddball 
looks and, and, and other characters and narratives that just sort of float around it. But he's straight through narrative usually is like a sort of either a murder mystery or some sort of mystery that's going on that needs to be solved. It wasn't until I'm, I'm sitting speaking about these two that I'm thinking, yeah, there is, there's like a commonality between quite a lot of his works, you know what I mean? But yeah, just when you mentioned Dan Klaus, I'm like, yeah, you can't, you can't mention surreal and strange comics without mentioning Klaus and Charles Burns and, and whatnot, you know. Charles Burns is another one that I think he's... Him and him and Klaus share a a common element that they have quite unsettling work. Dan Klaus not so not as a what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe not so harsh. Um, like Charles Burns is is kind of a bit more on the sort of horror spectrum, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas Klaus is more just unsettling. And still try. He, he almost Klaus almost has a sort of mundane nature to his stories. Orban, sort of, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas Charles Burns really tries to get weird and freaky with his stuff, and tries to really, really creep you out, as opposed to just unsettling you. You know what I mean? Um, but they do share that common thing, and they're both they're both um, artists who work with kind of clean, solid lines and quite heavy shading and. Stuff like that, um, heavy heavy inks, especially especially burns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. Black. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially with like the shade lines and everything. You know what I mean? Everybody's got, you know, it's it's like very straight shade into them. Every like somebody's hair has a tint to it, but the tint is the solid black lines and, and white lines and everything. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's shocking, but it really gets that across. And it gets that kind of un, more of that unsettling nature behind it because the art's so pristine and on on, on the nose, you know what I mean? Uh but I kinda think the same with Jim Woodring as well, to be honest. That he's quite you know, everything's quite solid. Yeah. Uh but that yeah. was another one that was brought up earlier. And this is Poochie Town. Jim Woodring, but yeah, that's another one. They're they're just quite, you know, they're just solid, very solid and competent cartoonists. At the end of the day, I mean, they're just really fucking good at their craft, um, and work work at it yeah. as well. Yeah, not because um, not because it's considered we are surreal. There are lesser artists than anywhere else. It's just the themes and the topics of what they venture to do in their art. That's perhaps what they consider. They are considered surreal, or they are considered yeah. weird, but they are really good cartoonists. They are yeah. really good artists and creators. Um, yeah, they, they might not be as commercial, but you know they believe in what they think they're doing right, and and they work with that. And 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 you look through their careers and their their comics, and you know there is a a style that they have created for themselves. And perhaps they've been influenced by other people, but they've created this style. They are recognized by it, and they're recognized by the type of comics they make. Yeah. And that's 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 important. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um but it's just it's quite it's quite strange that they, they share a, a sort of common st- sort of style per se, and they all do very surreal work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So almost like it plays in to the 
it plays into the 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 well not genre but you know what I mean that that kind of that way of working that way of storytelling it's almost like that kind of plays in that way and it's it's funny looking at a lot of the stuff that I've got here I would say that's that is a common thread because they're all very much solid line cartoonists I would say um quite clean solid lines throughout um maybe not so much yeah, maybe not so much with this one. Uh, Joan Cornella or Joan Cornea? Zonzo? Uh, Joan Cornea. Mm -hmm. Joan Cornea, yeah. Yeah, Cornea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cornea, yeah. But we, uh, yeah, we've, we've all seen these really, yeah, they're bonkers. They're completely bonkers. And, they are just more on this sort of humorous angle, but they're humorous from like a really odd and dark. bent just really dark humour, yeah, yeah. I mean like it's just weird. Like there's this guy with a, a sort of pride flag, an elephant draws a swastika on it, he blows his brains out, and then it's just the elephant looking at him. It's just so weird. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. It's just so it's so dark. Like it's taken to the, Yeah. It's just taken it's totally taken to the nth degree. It's it's like it's almost like the motto for those strips are go big or go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he either does an all or nothing. He he takes it completely demented and brutal and horrendous and so dark. But if he didn't do it like that, it would just come across as uh, distasteful and rotten, and it just wouldn't have any humour to it at all. If he if he didn't make it that that brutal, then it the the it would just get lost in translation somewhere, and there would be no humour about it at all. But it makes for such strange strips, <laughs> such surreal strips. Uh, something a bit lighter. Um, here by Richard Maguire. Okay. Um, I think this was in I think this was in Dundee Library. Actually, I'm not too sure. That's when I saw it. Yeah, it's, it, it says on the inside cover. I'll 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 read it out because it's better than what I would explain. Uh, Richard Maguire's here is the story of a corner of a room, and of the events that have occurred in that space over the course of hundreds of thousands of years. So <laughs> it basically. It does one little corner of a room. It shows you one little corner of a room. And then as it goes throughout the book, it'll show you that corner of the room in different moments in time. So here's 1637, and there's just, like, woods. And then 1763, and it's somebody chopping down some of the woods in there. And then 1989. But that's all that one corner of that room, just at totally different hundred-year periods. You know what I mean? And it goes that way throughout the book. There is actually narrative points because there's little squares that they'll play throughout. So say it was like 1989 and they're having a discussion. Later on in the book, it might do 1989 again and it's showing them like having a funeral for the people that were talking or something like that. You know what I mean? So it takes those different moments in time and it kind of fleshes out bits of story in between but like I say the double page is always that room 
just at totally different periods throughout time. And it's just, when I first saw it, I never had that context and just had it with like horses and everything and then just empty bits of room. And it's just, if you picked it up without that description, it is a very surreal book to come to. And it shows like moments in in the future and everything as well. Oh, I can just hear the spine cracking on it. Um, yeah, it's an odd one. Uh, but it's like an art project, really, in a way. You know what I mean? It's a really, it's a really interesting book overall. Um, I think and it's really, a great pl- I saw it. Yeah, it really plays with the form and stuff as well, and shows you a, a kind of new, well, kind of a, a different approach to doing a comic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't sit here without mentioning John Tucker. Um, John's work is always a bit out there uh, he has really interesting stories um, kind of plays with the form a wee bit as well where he's got like picture books with dialogue and uh, doesn't necessarily always do it straight up like speech bubbles or panels or anything but there's always just a, a surreal nature to his stories uh, they've always got some sort of weird inconceivable plot line that goes through them that's real but not and he does stories about you know lighthouses that are covered in pubes and uh, (laughs) skeletons getting into clubs in hell uh, stories about odd towns that have a, a a whole workforce of bald people that go and see dolls and uh, a a religion that is manifested around a man that goes doubly bald throughout his life (laughs) so he goes like see-through brain head and you know I mean it's just unbelievable Um, and he just absolutely churns them out as well Uh, but I love John's work I mean John's a good John's a good guy he's always a, a really He's always a really big supporter of the podcast and stuff, but he's also just a really competent artist. Um, does beautiful work. He does some terrifying stories as well. Uh, but like I say, it's another one that does very solid black lines to his stuff. And has a very sort of cartoonist, illustrative style. You know what I mean? Really nice. I like it. Uh, but yeah, like I say, when, I, when I'm listing off the kind of the plot lines to the stories, you know what I mean? It's just uh, heavily surreal. <laughs> uh, another one would be uh, Todd Oliver that does these strips that are just very much in the nature of kind of a mixture between John Tucker and June Cornella, uh, Con- Cornea, actually. Uh, just quite odd stories about rocks as ninjas and worm people that go through post boxes and get covered in shite and just really strange stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Uh, but he's got a, specifically, he's got a load of different ones. He he does one, he does a a series 
kind of like a one man anthology type thing uh, called Boxes. Um, and he's got a, a character off of that Smedley, the worm man, that he's done into uh, a comic as well. But the one in particular that I would say is probably his most surreal work is called Not Your Cup of Tea. Um, and it actually has in the bottom a collection of comics you probably won't like. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but that will make you pick up the book and look at it and try yeah. to read it. Is <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you'll be able. I don't know if you'll be able to make this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. I've only got two more. Um, I've 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 only got "Shush" by Jason, but Jason in general does quite strange and surreal stuff. And mainly, I think he 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 mainly works uh, wordless, doesn't he? Dave, you'll know. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's certainly known for the. The silent sort of animal characters. Yeah, yeah, the the sort of crow and the the dog looking mm. things and everything. Yeah, um, but I am. Um, That's like I really... horror adverts. <laughs> yeah, to argue for crows. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think there's just there's a surreal nature to his stuff because his stories could take a turn anywhere. I sometimes think when I'm reading his stuff that he, he, he writes it just like panel to panel. I feel like he almost does it just drawing it out and then sort of goes, oh, where can I go from here? Because some of the stories just take such a bend and can can get rid of like main characters within like the first four panels. Like you've, you're following this character right at the very start thinking, oh, it's his story. And then it just switches and becomes somebody else. You know what I mean? Or or it just gets rid of that person entirely and goes on to something else. And I, I sometimes think he, he must sit down just with the pages and do rough pencils and just go, right, let's see where I can go from here. That's what it mm. looks like, to me anyway. Yeah. And then and then it's almost like... It'll be interesting you'll, to see if that is the case or not, eh? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's, there's some of the stories kind of tie in, but I feel like he maybe comes to that after the fact. So he maybe mm. starts off a collection being like, right, I'm going to do this one strip. Uh, where will I go from here? And then he sort of does it and then goes, right, uh, well, I could do a story with him. I'll, I'll do another one with him. And uh, let's see, uh, will we go here with it? You know, it's it's almost what it reads like. It's almost like he's kind of going, right, he's going to bed now. Okay, and he's going to get served in the morning by a skeleton. And uh, that skeleton is going to follow him. Yeah, that's it. He'll follow him. You know, that kind of thing. It's just... It's odd, but I don't know. Maybe that's just maybe that's the way he wants you to read it, so that when it gets to the end and gets to kind of some sort of reveal, you're almost caught off guard. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's good. I think a lot of wordless stuff sometimes can be in, uh, can almost be interpreted as a bit surreal or strange, just purely on the basis that you've not got any sort of words guiding you in any way, shape, or form. You're having yeah. to purely rely on the on the visuals and. You're almost, you're almost left guessing from panel to panel, page to page, sort of thing, until you get to the end. So in a way, until you get to that kind of wrap up, you are left in a sort of surreal state as you're reading them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Just the very fact that it's not got words telling you what to 
what's going on. Yeah, I mean, you can sometimes... yeah, interpret that as being surreal. Yeah, sometimes you can. Sometimes mm. you can pick up from what a character's saying, or some sort of dialogue that's coming in between, uh, from I don't know, maybe like a, a narrative box or uh, a narrator box or something like that. You can tell kind of where the story is going to go, but if you've not got that. You, you never know. You know what I mean? I mean, the next... If you've not got any of that going... I mean, the next panel, you could turn over the page and a fucking meteor's hitting them out of nowhere or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, it's... I, I, I really appreciate the sort of silent form for its almost strange surrealism in a way. I was thinking of Bob Turner when I thought thought about them as well, actually, with his, like, FLD and... Um, uh-huh. the, the Death yeah. Rattle, DTH, RTL. That way, yeah. Yeah, and like we didn't really know what was going on with them for the first wee while. You know, it was like a game with a game with death and death rattle one, two, and three, but we didn't know where it was going to go. We didn't know what was what was happening. He had pages with thirty four panels on them and big massive, uh, uh, almost like um, diagrams and stuff of inside buildings and all this kind of stuff. You know, you you didn't know what was going to happen next. <laughs> uh, my last one. Is uh, Goat Herded by Charlo Freed. This was very strange, just purely on the basis that you could have you could have went fucking anywhere with it. <laughs> it was just so weird. I mean, there was things about there's things left up to interpretation of. Is it to do with the birth and death of humanity? I mean, there's there's a a goat with a. Wait, wait a minute. There's a goat with a flower strapped to its head at one point. There's <laughs> na- naked people floating about that come out of that are birthed from cubes that explode. There's uh, weird horned devils and creatures and stuff. I mean, the colours change from uh, more sort of muted pastels to very sort of striking, really dark colours and. Uh, Strange sort of muddled, almost or like burnt orange, like the the Rockies and stuff like that in between there. Uh, wait a minute, there's like pictures of big demons and shit like that. Like, there's no, I've still never figured out what's going on in this. It, it, and 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 it all just kind of wraps up with a, a weird mundane, like two kids standing on a bridge watching it, and it, it's just it's so weird. But I'll, I'll, I do. I actually think I appreciate it more because I haven't quite figured out what's going on with it yet. The, mm-hmm. I, there's no explanation. There's no, you know, once you've finished this, go back and read it again, and and you'll finally get it. No, if I go back and read that again, I come to almost the same conclusion of what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's yeah, great. Wait a second. That's a gold. That's a horse. <laughs> yeah. Wait a Where is it? Uh, where's... Where is it? Uh, is it? Yeah, Stra- it, like the the plant starts talking to him. It says, "Strap me onto this goat's head and make sure it doesn't eat me too." And then he just straps onto his head. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, you know. Why I'm, not? I'm, uh, you're a, you're a goat now. That's my body now. My noodles in the flower. Like just oh, so strange. I think you spoke about that before, David. Like those lines really caught you off guard when you were reading it as well. You were like, "What? What is this?" Yeah, yeah. I do. Just... I do remember that comic. It was strange. Yeah. Go after, go after 
dead, wasn't it? Oh yeah, both are dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took for you to point out that it was goat herded for me to go. Oh yeah. It was like um, Charles Burns. I called it Z'd out, and you were like, "No, it's crossed mm. out." I'm like, oh fuck, yeah. <laughs> Well, right, maybe, gonna... maybe it is. Uh... Mike, I don't, you're sitting there I didn't silent. Did a single thing you held up there, Tom? Oh, did you not? Ah, <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what, though. I did when you were talking about here. That was originally in, you know, the raw. The ones I mentioned. There was three of these penguin raw books, uh-huh. and Richard Mag- Richard Maguire here was a. It was a six pa- a six page segment in one of them. Really. Yeah, and that's what it was for years, and it, so it was all, and it, it was the same idea. It's just done over six pages. What? And that's it. And then twenty years later, this massive volume of it came out, coloured and everything. Exact same idea, just expanded. Oh So man. that was an odd one, and it came out and was really, um, it got a lot of recognition critically. It and did, it was in, yeah, like, it really Ga- did. It was in the Guardian, and and all these people were like, "This amazing comic, you know." It was and in was like, like stuff. it was in like straight away as well. As soon as that mm-hmm. hit the shelves, it was like, "Oh, this is you know genius." Blah blah blah. Which it yeah. was quite a weird one. It got picked up really quickly. Yeah. Had you never heard so that, of it then, Nando? Sorry. Had you never heard of it then before now? Of what? Of- Richard Maguire here. Uh, no. Yeah, that's oh, Dave, you've blown my mind with that, mate. That was an unusual one. You know, comics take so long to do, so to have done that in in raw in the whatever that was nineteen ninety or something, and then twenty years later, oh, here it is. Here's the finished one now. I mean, I don't remember knowing that he was away doing an expanded version of that six-page thing. I remember it just appearing and going, wait a minute, isn't that that thing he did <laughs> 20 years ago? Uh, and it's always slightly out, out of sync, isn't it? Because you're in media and people are all like, this incredible new thing, this new idea. And you're like, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of when, um, when the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film came out. And and that was a big hit, as you as you will know and remember. And so they were sitting talking about it on Newsnight, you know, the arts programmes and all that. Mm-hmm. And they're saying and they're talking about like, oh, that line in the movie, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. What does that mean? And and they're all talking about what it meant in the zeitgeist, you know, of the year two thousand and two. You know, and you're sitting going, Oh, well, it was written in the sixties though. <laughs> I'm not sure what my point is, but there's a when things blow up, you know that that Maguire here was seen as being this incredible thing in 2010 or whenever it was it came out, but actually it was from decades before. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, I'm just I'm really surprised by that, and nobody's ever mentioned that that other bit except from yourself. I've never heard anybody else mention that. Original strip. Oh, oh like in reviews and things. You mean, yeah, or or just or in anywhere. general. I mean, I've I've, heard, I've spoken to people about the book before because I've mentioned it before about well, other tied with other kind of topics. Um, just yeah, in, using it as a sort of reference point. And uh, yeah, I'm really surprised nobody's even picked up on that at all. 
Well, I guess you would have had to have bought Raw uh, in 1989 and then remembered decades later to have made that connection. <laughs> That's true. What did you What did you have with you, Mike? We've not We've not heard your your list. I I uh, I've got some comics with me, but I have found this to be a rather difficult subject to find comics of. Because of what is uh, what was surreal and what is normal in a comic mm. is not necessarily what is normal or surreal everywhere else. So yep. I, I, the things that sprung to mind was how uh, in real life uh, a man dressed up as a giant bat beating up uh, bizarre criminals using high technology would be absolutely bewildering in real life, but in a comic it's normal. <laughs> Whereas in Japan, they have things like comics for elderly people doing soap opera stuff, and it's absolutely bizarre in the comic world. So um, I've managed to get some comics that do have a little bit of weirdness in them, and one of them is this one. Oh, hi, Ren and Stimpy. This was a UK comic. And it continues on some of the uh, some of the adventures of Ren and Stimpy. Uh, the, these guys were created by John Crevolucci, who was an animator, a Canadian animator, who worked alongside Ralph Baskey and uh, Bruce Tim and all that. And he then worked for Nickelodeon and came up with a couple of characters called Ren and Stimpy, and then then all sorts of. Uh, uh, legal legal issues happened with the the Spumco animation and Nickelodeon, and uh, John Crevolucci lost uh, lost the rights to uh, to these characters. But in the comic world, they seem to have been, um, or at least in the UK version, they were taken by Marvel Comics UK. And the artist is a uh, Mike Casali, and the writer is a uh, Dan Slott who I believe you guys might have mentioned a few times before in the past. Uh, the, the style is done in pretty much the same way as the uh, cartoons, so characters are instantly recognisable. Um, and so are the extras. That's the yak. There's, uh, there's the superhero Powder Toast Man. <laughs> if you've ever seen the animated version of that, it's, uh, it is brilliant. Powder Toast Man. Yep. And then, of course, there is um, everyone's favourite amphibious fish, Muddy Mud Skipper. Hey, <laughs> this, was, um, this was a one-off back in 1994. Uh, it was copyrighted by Nickelodeon, and uh, you'll notice alongside the Marvel UK, it has £1.25. <coughs> that was a one-off. That yeah. price now. Another comic. That was a that that was a, a Marvel ongoing in the states. I've got a few of them here, hmm. the Ren and Stimpy series. Yeah. So you've got a British one. Yeah, it was, that is it was that a is a special. is a one off. Yep. Ah, interesting. And this, I mean, this goes up to issue thirty-seven here. <laughs> so this, and so that must have done well over there. Out of interest, what is the story on your issue one, if you remember, if, you, if you're able to check? Uh, I've not got one. I've got issue six, and and it's a, it's actually being a Marvel thing. It's a cross uh, Spider-Man's in it. Spider-Man and Ren and Stimpy. 
And then and then it's got uh, aliens aliens abduct Ren and Stimpy. That's another one here. I don't know what they'd want to do that for. As if their lives weren't weird enough. <laughs> I didn't know that I'd made it to Britain though. Yeah, maybe that's why you never saw it. Cause it only ran for one issue. Yeah, interesting. Uh, another another thing that we get a lot of weird and surreal comics is uh, anthologies, and the one I've got with me now is Frank Frazetta's Fantasy Illustrated. Mm. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, there, there's a nice picture on the back of one of Frank's uh, most famous works of art. Um, for David, it's an Egyptian princess, scantily clad. And it's it's got a feeling of uh, 2000 AD, to this, because um, you know the the stories they are um, of different art styles, and there's a lot that are science fiction stories, a lot that's out in space, and oh yeah, and some some adverts you'll no doubt recognise the Dark Stalkers advert. Oh yeah, but this one, this one I found pretty surreal. It's a story painted um, where the characters are like they're like big cats. But they've got six limbs and they live out in a, a forested planet. And it's like a, a tribal battle between leaders and and uh, usurpers. Some of them have saber teeth and uh, it just looked absolutely bewildering. And they, they, they run around with spears as well, which is quite bizarre. There's some odd pictures of the landscape in which they live. I, I found that pretty, pretty bewildering. And it's uh, it's it's like uh, what 2000 AD would be like if they had no restrictions on fantasy. If they said, right, we'll put Judge Dredd aside and we'll put more uh, uh, more slain sort of stuff. And you can see um, some of the illustrations here. So it's like a, it's like a tiger centaur. This character. What'd you make of that, Tom? Oh, that's all right. It's Frank Frazetta. I'm fine yeah. with that. Oh, sorry, Tom, I forgot all about that. On, Frank, uh, Frazetta, Frank Frazetta doesn't get mentioned near enough for my liking, so I'm I'm quite happy if he does anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, a lot of the time, Frank Frazetta is basically the the um uh, the, the, the the cover artist. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not his not his works. No, it's but a lot of inspired people... by his works. Yeah, a lot of folk are, are really uh, influenced by his by his artwork, yeah. and I mean here's a here's a brilliant one at the UN, and they've got they've got barbarians at the UN. It's like a metalhead's uh, dream. <laughs> uh, this is probably going to be a little bit bewildering. The Simpsons. Uh, I've got a few of the Simpson comics, and they they often cross into like the Halloween issues. Uh, the Halloween uh, Treehouse Tree of Horror. <clears throat> they can do all sorts of weird things without wrecking the continuality of the of the stories or the characters, and they do just a, just exactly that in the comics. This one, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie turn into superheroes, and I think this was on the one of the uh, uh, Treehouse of Horror stories. So they put it into a comic, and you've got Snake, the uh, the villain there. It doesn't matter where I look, there's always some scantily clad individual on the on the comics. Oh, radioactive man. Amazing. 
Yeah, with the uh, with the, I don't know who the who the lady who radioactive man's friend is. Just some random go-go dancer. <laughs> of course. Um, I have. I must have read this one years ago. This is um, Jack Spade and Tony Toofist. And uh, it was years ago, well, ages ago when I read this. So I forget I forget the story, but you can tell by the, the weirdness that it's, uh, it's a bloke and a penguin. And it's uh, you can also tell it's going to be a bit on the ultra-violent side because the bloke has a baseball bat on him and the penguin <laughs> is holding up a pint glass <coughs> and he's giving a rather odd look. It's uh, black and white, strong, bold, bold artwork, bold lining, although the back is in colour. Nice. Uh, some of you might have spotted earlier I was holding up Gone. Gone. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Gone. That's exactly, exactly who, uh, who I think of when you mention artwork. Without any letters whatsoever. Um, I think this is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I think, the, yeah, the pictures I have often involve gone beating up various wildlife. <laughs> and it works into a story. But when I, this is one of the first graphic novels I got. And and I was uh, I was amazed by this. It. It's also a good thick, uh, thick book, this. It's got about eight or nine stories of gone. Some of them are double page, double page epic pages like this. So artwork, fantastic. I ran is that, up is that, this one. Is that a different, is that a different one than I've got here? Right, um, I think yours, yours looks bigger than mine. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what they all say. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> gone volume one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's different. Of, it is different. I know there's yeah. lots of different, different gone stories that I don't have. So that might be one of the ones I don't have. But this is a combined volume, so it might be in there. The first story on this one has gone um, beating up a grizzly bear. So if that's on your one, it's the, it, it's the first one. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I don't think Gone works as well in in uh, colour and black and white. I think it looks perfect. Yeah, uh, this is black and white. I ran up, I ran up to get this because when we're talking about surreal, and some of the uh, some of the earlier stories of Slain, there's a, a big uh, big tale where he goes into another dimension, alongside Uko the dwarf and Nest his um, his lady friend. And uh, several uh, wizards and warriors. And Slain, Slain basically, Slain basically gets. Uh, and, and again, it's it's pretty good detailed black and white pictures. So Slain is uh, slaughtering all these minions from another dimension. And it's not quite it's not quite the um, not quite the the Celtic. Uh, warfare against the Romans. This is like him in a completely different dimension with lots of uh, lots of battling ancient demons and massive monsters. And uh, again, it's another story where main characters often end up getting slaughtered halfway through the story. So uh, sorry, David, if I'm uh, 
uh, opening up the pages and you, you can't see, but I think you... You're coming through sometimes. I'm seeing the odd thing and then it's freezing and then you're disappearing. Uh, and So I'm, I'm getting some of it. Um, I've got one of my... Uh, one of my uh, Harrogate uh, captures. And it's uh, this one based on Egyptian mythology. So big. And there's not many... Uh, not many words in it either. This time it's in colour. And it, again, artwork is fantastic. And the main character is uh, is not really a human. It's this giant godlike crocodile. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The artwork I find is absolutely brilliant. And I say it's surreal because it's uh, unlike a lot of comics. It's not, it's not happening in the middle of New York. It's happening in ancient Egypt. Um, I've got two more... Two more to go. They're both books. Terror from the Other Side by um, oh, nice Al one. John Edom. Yeah, yeah. God, that's this, weird, yeah. This is... Uh, I, I read it. I loved it. I, I loved how uh, each page had that um, had all the grid lining on it and how, how it was so, uh, so so many bewildering things. And th- this also came with a uh, like, special pullout with uh, other... Weird and wonderful pictures. So I got, I got this one signed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, and this is number fifteen out of fifty. That's, uh, mm. that's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's like uh, trying to suss out what on earth is going on, and uh, he ends up tripping out into. Here you go. Goodness knows where. Look at that. Ah, here we go. Basically, this is a, an advert for do not take drugs. Otherwise, you'll end up here. That's the comic where reality breaks down for oh, you yeah. as you're reading it. Yep. And my final one is Gary Larson. There's a hair in my dinner. A worm story. <laughs> and it's it's pretty surreal. It's not done in the traditional far side. It's just like a, a storybook for adults. But it's, uh, it's basically this worm is telling a horror story, and <clears throat> the uh, uh, the lady in question, she she sees one thing, and the reality is something completely different. So there's uh, there's moments where she sees. Um, she sees dragonflies and she's like, oh, what beautiful, friendly creatures these are. And then on the next page, it says, actually, they're vicious carnivores and they're decimating the, the population of all the other insects. And then uh, she she sees um, she sees a rat being uh, strangled, constricted by a, a small snake. And she's like, oh, you horrible brute. Take that, you dreadful thing. And she spacks it over the head. And then she picks up the rat and gives it a kiss. <laughs> and then the next page, of course, it says, actually, the uh, snake was uh, controlling the population of poisonous, venomous, uh, parasite-carrying rodents. And she's just kissed it. And now uh, and now she uh, she's kind of, um, uh, let's say this, Fairy fantasy fairy tale princess is uh, not not looking the better for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, 
that's my uh, weird and uh, weird and wonderful um, uh, comics and graphic novels. Nice one. As I say, I mean, it's difficult because what is weird and wonderful in a comic is uh, it's there because it's weird in, in reality, but in what is reality is weird in a comic. So it's a, a strange mm-hmm. reverse. I mean, if I found one of those Japanese ones where they had uh, uh, an elderly couple going to the doctors or uh, the tennis players or the football players in them, then I'd say, yeah, that's that's maybe more surreal in terms of comics, but yeah, I think I've got some reasonably weird stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's me. And Dave, one question to you. Yeah. Do you consider some of Robert Crumb's work surreal? Yeah, I think it can be. I didn't touch on any of those underground guys today, but definitely... I mean, like Victor Moscoso and a lot of those people in Zap. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Can be weird. Surreal. I was, you know, I was thinking of Mary Fleener. She's very yeah. arty. But that she's maybe more cubist or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, these, uh, these art terminology things, yeah. My brain starts hunting very quickly, you know, and I, <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very good point, uh, Mike, saying about... Um, I've, I've thought this for years, but things that are weird, people, you know, you do a comic about someone really quite ordinary and people are like that's so weird man why would why did you do a comic about that and it's like about how you went to the shop or something it's the most unweird thing ever yeah, it's just yeah. people think it's weird because it's in a comic you know I mean it's the same with like Frank Zappa or that people doing songs you know his song like 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 so many of them they're not all love songs so you'll do a song like uh, The Dangerous Kitchen you know and it's all about the stuff in his kitchen and, and how <laughs> And they're like, man, that's like the weirdest song ever. And like, what could be more normal than a messy kitchen? Yeah, it, it's all it's all about context, you know. And I've always yeah. bore that in mind, you know. It's uh, people's ideas about what a thing should be because of what the medium is, you know. Yeah, so I agree with you, Mike. Hey, I get a gold Do you know what star. The, yeah, ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah. If Plus only I'm, my I'm, schooling was as successful as that. <laughs> they can't. Te- they don't teach you stuff in, like that in school because the teachers never thought of it themselves. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention something before now that you've we've all, uh, now that we've all finished going through our weird stuff. I just want to mention uh, ah, something this. normal. Here's here's Star Wars number one, and the reason I bring it up is because of Charlie Lippincott, who I just want to mention, who yeah. was very involved yeah, yeah. in in the Star Wars publicity, the development of it, uh, very involved with the deals to get these Star Wars comics made and the Kenner figures, and he he just he just died. Um, 
today or, or yesterday. Uh, also, very, uh, he, he produced this great film, Comic Book Confidential, that I'm sure some of you have seen. Great documentary from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's excellent. It's excellent. He was, he was well involved with comics uh, and was a fan. And uh, so I was really sad to hear that. And he's been on Facebook uh, and very open to questions and things. And I, I was asking him things and talking to him, and he was always really friendly. So I was, I was just sad to see that that he that he died, and uh, just wanted to mention that. So good on him, Charles. Well done. Thank you. Rest in peace. May the force be with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I think we've, uh, I think we've um, done a lot there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That was a good. That was a good selection of stuff. It was very varied from all of us. Mm. I thought yes. there was some. There were, there were some stuff that matched up. Don't get me wrong. But you know, Klaus, Woodring, uh, Ditko, all that kind of stuff started to match up. But uh, I think we all had our own individual right, sort of wee bits and bobs. What was that? Grand Morrison. <laughs> nah, no, nobody else had Morrison, Nando. So uh, no, it doesn't count. Uh, anyway, Link is here. No, no, never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> sounds uh, sounds like a mink to me. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that was that was that was a good uh, that was a good diff- different lot of ones, definitely. Right, guys, it's been great to speak to you and see you. Yeah, Nando. Um, we just keep going, being in touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. What's up? Keep the comics Whatever. of the day coming. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. Man, you're you're three hundred today. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Still, I mean, don't worry. Uh, I'm not gonna stop. I go. I go few for this week. A few of them, and they're kind of not prepared yet. But you know, they're coming. You've got the ideas, yeah. I'm sorry about the photographs. They're coming upside down sometimes, but <laughs> I don't know why does that. I get that as well. I just thought you were being all Art Deco style. <laughs> because when I take the photo, you know, I always take it the same direction. And as soon as I attach it to Yahoo, the email, to the mobile phone, for some reason, it, it just moves it upside down, oh. down to the right, and I can't really control it. Sometimes I, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I can only apologize, but really, it's, it's out of oh, my control sometimes. Not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem. Love you, but fuck up. <laughs> do, do it again, though, when you're fired, too. <laughs> right okay guys I'm going to change I'm going to change the bag on my uh, X-Men Teen Titans I'm going to give it a nice new bag because this Ooh. one's been on it since 1986 smell it smell it you smell it Sniff it. Sniff <laughs> 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 Right, guys. 
I'm gonna have to shoot. Nice. Right. Right. Yes. That was great. See everyone See later. Again, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. To send us any comments or questions or just to say hello, you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher, and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter, at Joan Edam. And you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.